Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lawyers Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Sarah with Strive out of the UK. Sarah, what's going on? Good afternoon, and a happy Friday. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Happy Friday to you, too. How are you keeping? Yeah, yeah, I'm great. Thanks for asking. I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Strive. But mm-hmm. first, we want to give the viewers a little perspective, right? So if you can, Sarah, in your own words, how would you describe Strive and what you do? So Strive would be kind of exactly what it says in the logo itself. I feel when it comes to the gym, both mentally and physically, you strive to be the best version of yourself. And whether that's a 20-minute workout, whether it's tracking your macros, or whether it's even just getting your steps in on a daily basis, it's always those workouts or those little bits you do to strive to be a better you. And that's where I feel it comes from. They always say, I always say to my clients that comparison's a thief of joy. Instead of comparing yourself to someone else, you're comparing yourself to what you were yesterday. And that's basically where the strive came from. Each workout you do, each healthy meal you have, each bit of each glass of water you have, uh, those are what gets you to where you want to be eventually. So striving to be the best version of you, that's where I thought the name would fit in perfectly uh, for both clients online and offline. I love that. I love that. That's such a great explanation. So smooth. <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> that, Sarah. And so um, just curious, right? let's start with a basic question here. How many clients are you serving currently? So at the minute, uh, after COVID, we are now back up to the 40 clients a week. And some of those clients have seen me twice a week. Uh, So it was kind of whenever COVID hit, we moved everything online. And uh, we set up what was through through our Facebook page. Uh, It was a sweat program. And we had workouts done uh, every single day. For those 19 weeks, we were shut over here. The gym was shut for 19 weeks. And then we reopened for a couple of months and then we shut again for a further 16 uh, so what we managed to do when the gym shut we opened the online side of things and then what we started to notice that was like a lead generation and when the gyms reopened the ones that were online based in Belfast and based in Northern Ireland actually came to the gym uh, which increased our our indoor clientele as well so it was great in that sense COVID was almost a hindrance but in the long run I don't think people will take their health for granted again and now our clients have actually increased uh, because health and fitness is deemed as such a priority now in everyday life. I love that. That's so true. It's so true. And so, you know, for you, Sarah, I mean, obviously being uh, online here, what's been the best method to get new people through the the online door? I would say, to be honest, social media has been an absolute boom. Uh, Instagram for us has been perfect. We put up maybe daily workouts. We put up meals of the day or what you eat in a day. And I find when people actually go through social media, it's the best thing. But with Belfast, it's quite a small place and word of mouth gets around quite quickly. So I feel if you've got uh, an abundance of clients online, if you have them in the gym as well, it's only a matter of time before you know another personal trainer a few gyms down the road or you know yourself. So to be honest, I'd say social media has had a real impact. But honestly, with Belfast, like I said, being quite a small little place, uh, it kind of word spreads quite quickly whenever you're successful in your field. uh, It grows in that sense. Yeah, 
No, it's true. It's true. It, it, it's inevitable, right? Your fulfillment is good. People are yeah. going to talk good about you guys. And um, now let's say this. I mean, obviously, uh, in the online space, there is no such thing as capacity, but there mm-hmm. is also only so much you can handle in terms of you being a one person. So yeah. just curious here, um, if there is a capacity, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, how many could you handle? I suppose it depends. When it comes to the Strive side of things, we are going to eventually branch out. So it won't be just myself. Uh, so I would have three or four other personal trainers, both online and in the gym working for me. So what I have now, I have capacity of 40 in the gym and I have maybe 30 online. And as we grow, we would be able to almost kind of spread those out among each personal trainer. But on average, I feel you can hit, whenever you know your limit, if you miss an email or if you miss a text message, those would be the little red flags that maybe it's time to kind of put a cap on the amount of people. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to yeah. strike, I'd be able to give every client the exact same as what we give to our clients at nine in the morning. We want to be able to give the same amount of energy to our clients at six in the evening. Uh, so it'll be a case of whenever you start to feel that, you know, almost you're getting a wee bit too, too, in, too in deep. Uh, that'd be the case to try and almost cap it on a certain, mom, a certain amount of people. I love that. I love that. I love the honesty. I love the transparency. And I think it's, it's great that you put the clients at the forefront and it's not just yeah. about, you know, quantity, if we're being honest here. Yeah. And, um, and now for you, um, and I, I'm, again, you correct me if I'm wrong, but as a one woman team here, are you, are you, uh, if you are a one woman team, how do you manage tracking, right? Because I know for online, it's definitely different, right? You mean you could have a CRM, but I think if everybody's already online, it's kind of a little different, unless I'm wrong. Again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So how do you manage tracking metrics, longevity, lifetime value? How do you track those numbers? So when it comes to the likes of the indoor, uh, the indoor clients that see me face-to-face, I actually have a list of their names and I would check in. I have a WhatsApp group with all those guys. And then I have a WhatsApp group with the online. And it just allows me to divide the attention because the clients that come into the gym, I know what machines are there. I know what workouts I want them to do. So I will send them separate ones. Whereas my online clients, I obviously with their gyms, I don't see all their gyms that they go to. Uh, So it'll be a case of going into those guys individually every Sunday and finding out what their workout week's like, what their what times they can get to the gym, what their routine's like. So it's a case of just making sure it's almost like a hamster on a wheel. It just keeps going. And the people that I've had now, some of my clients I've had since I started out as a personal trainer back in 2017. And I've had clients now for some of those guys that's coming into their fifth year. Uh, so obviously we're, do, we're doing something right. But uh, we have a lot of clients, what I find, the ones that have been with me for longer than a year, it really comes down to accountability. Uh, so those guys that want to continue with me, those guys that want to do online, I almost, I spoon feed them at the start and I tell them what I want them to do. But then I feel they're accountable to let me know what they're doing. And once they kind of see, I feel like if you want it, you will come and get it. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm chasing them or that we need them because at the end of the day, their fitness and their health is their choice. So we kind of make a cap and to be honest, the same people that we have, if we have anyone on board, it's either someone that knows a client that we have already or someone who has seen us via social media. And we kind of do the same thing. We find out their goals. We find out if they're, whatever their diet's like, what their fitness is like. And we kind of take them on board and then that allows me to divide them whether they're going to be in the gym with me or online. And that just becomes almost like another list for that WhatsApp group so I can keep on top of everybody. 
Very concise. Very great. I think it's a great process. I think it, it, it and the fact that you have kind of like two different methods for two, two different avenues here. I think that, that that's great. That is great. And, um, you know, going to ask a little bit of a longer question here, longer winded, but a good question in itself, um, kind of like a self-reflection question. Right. And so, you know, um, Sarah, in, in, in the fitness and gym industry, is about three pillars of business we use most predominantly, right? And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door, your acquisition, which is your sales, and then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Sarah, where do you feel like you could improve the most? To be honest, it would probably be with the likes of us starting our website. So whenever you have the clients in the gym, for example, the ones that have been with me for more than a year, they know the gym like the back of their hand. And there's only so many workouts you can chop and change to make it different. So what I find, we can say, what can we offer more? And that's where the website comes into play, where they can buy their merchandise. So it's almost like a different, a different feel, but still sticking to strive. So we launched our website back in January, February of this year. And before you knew it, we say we hit 40 clients during a week, but they were also then buying the protein shakers online, their hoodies, their beanie hats. So that was an extra bit of income coming in for us because obviously me being kind of like a one woman band, when it comes to the gym, my capacity is 40. And that includes me being able to train myself. Uh, sometimes when I finish writing the sessions out in the evening, I might finish the gym at six, but I'm still writing sessions for the next day till eight o'clock in the evening. So I found I wouldn't want to take any more in the gym. So I thought, where else would be better? And that's where the uh, the online comes into play, the merchandise, which has been absolutely fab. Uh, one of my friends, iBrand, she is the one that started it off. And then a girl called Louise did the website. Matt did the photos and before we knew it, I kind of just suggested the idea of the website. And before I knew it, those three were setting everything up. Uh, so I'd say definitely the add-on of the merchandise has been a real attribute uh, for the Strive as, as a whole, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah I think that'd be great. Yeah, because you have a great brand. I think it's a great brand and I think people want more. They want to be that one-stop shop yeah. where they're buying clothing or they're buying supplements. I think they, they want to spend more money with you. <laughs> so That's a yeah. great thing to have. Great, great thing to have there, Sarah. And uh, last two questions for you here, Sarah, my two favorite questions, you know, what's the bigger picture for you long-term? I mean, I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but what are you trying to accomplish long-term with Strive? Uh, we will eventually be getting the gym. Uh, and that's where almost 2023 will be absolutely massive for us. Uh, I kind of, I'm one of those people, that's probably why OCD comes into play perfectly. When you reach a goal, I set another one. And then I get to that goal and I set another one. So rather than setting these longevity goals further down the line, I kind of set like monthly goals. So for us, it would be to get the gym uh, and we will basically be taking, that's where I'll hire the PTs. Uh, we'll have a sports massage therapist in place. Once again, we'll have the merch. Just different things that gyms in Belfast, they're all great and they're all different. So I've kind of been almost scouting the gyms and seeing what one has and what one doesn't. So we'll be able to, when we open, we'll be something different. Uh, so that will be the big goal for 2023 is to get our Strive Gym and get our logo above uh, a few doors and open the doors for everybody. There we go. I love the goal. I love the goal. And it will be accomplished. I will tell you that knowing your work <laughs> ethic. And uh, last question here, Sarah. You know, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? 
Zoom wasn't built in a day. <laughs> so I find whenever, before I was a personal tuner, I actually studied law and Spanish at Queen's and I was going down the solicitor, the solicitor route in Belfast. And once I turned to being a personal tuner, even looking back physically, my training was absolutely shocking. And I'd come off the back of, like I said, coming out of a law firm into the fitness industry where no one knew me. Um, oh. And it was a case of setting up like vouchers. I'd come to 10 of my classes. You'll get a free PT session, you know, toying with the name. Before it was Strive, it was Fit with Sarah Mick. And it was my name. And that did me through till 2018. I like and the name though. I like it. <laughs> it. It was good. It was good. But uh, I thought something just needed to click. And yeah. Uh, with with the online we do outdoor boot camps uh, there's a place called the cave hill in belfast it's a massive mountain and we basically ran that during the summer obviously when the weather was good so maybe three days of the summer we managed to actually have a successful camp but if i could give myself a bit of advice i, I personally think patience comes with progress and i think taking each workout each client differently uh, i'm still learning i've got clients that are coming in for mental health side of things and got clients coming in because they're getting married next year. I have clients coming in after surgery. So every client to me, it's completely different and I get excited every day. And that's why the clients that have stayed with me for five years, I don't want them to go and they don't want to go. So not only have I built up the clientele, I've built a bomb load of friendships. And I just think looking back when I started in August, 2017, uh, I did not expect it to be as big as what it is now, which makes me even more excited for the next five years to come. Sarah, that was a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out there. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. <laughs> but yeah, before we sign out, Sarah, please, it'd be my pleasure. Shout out any social media, website, Instagram, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and Strive? Yeah, so you can check us on our website. It's www.fitnessni.com. We have Instagram, which is strive underscore fitness underscore NI. And then we have strive on Facebook as well. All those linked to the website. We have a brand new bunch of merch coming in over the next couple of weeks. We've got Matt doing the photos, Louise for the website and Ash with the uh, merchandise. So you'll be able to see everything. So there'll be continuously new merchandise. There'll be new workouts online. You can buy six week programs. We have bride to be programs, but yeah, all those will almost intertwine. And uh, you can catch us on any of those and we can send uh, protein shakers to California. There we go. There we <laughs> go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two seconds, just to let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Thank you so much. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Mary from Fitness Loft out of Libertyville, Illinois. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Doing fine. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to have you here and to really dive in and learn more about your fitness business. But before we get started there, give us a brief backstory here, Mary. Ultimately, like what was it that led to you opening up this fitness business? This particular one? Yeah. Um, okay. I've, yeah, I've had several, but this one uh, became the result of all the mistakes I made with the other ones. And this has been a perfect uh, blend of work-life balance while still being able to earn a living and not, you know, drive yourself crazy with six in the morning, nine at night, weekends, that whole thing. And so the backstory was trying to do, you know, so many things with big overhead and trying to make ends meet that way. And as you know, in fitness, especially if you're going to run classes, big, big classes, you have a lot of square footage and a lot of dead space during the day. And so it's, it's important to figure out how to fill up that dead space so that you're not, you know, uh, spending so much money just on rent alone. So. So it's kind of a journey for you, you know, to get here. And now you've had this specific facility, uh, you said 18 years, right? 18 years. Yeah, I've been here 18 years. And um, I started in college. I had a business in college uh, in Madison, Wisconsin called Campus Dance Aerobics. That was my my first business where I just taught to like faculty and all of that kind of thing. And so this is, I think, my fifth business. <laughs> and I've been doing it for 39 years. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So within, you know, the the 18 years that you've been in this facility, obviously your business has really developed and you've kind of found your place and who you are. Give us kind of that elevator pitch of um, Fitness Loft as things currently stand, what services you provide, really paint a picture of your business model for us. Okay, well, uh, my tagline is welcome home to health. Um, and fitness made fun. So it's designed like a home. There's a kitchen, there's showers, there's a living room, bedrooms, the whole thing. It's a big apartment upstairs. And you're supposed to feel like you can just come home, kick your shoes off, relax, and just be yourself. Um, it's a relatively small studio. I mean, it's 2,500 square feet. So it's got a good size to it. But we offer Pilates, yoga, weights, and a cardio that I've made up that is a non-impact cardio. Uh, I also have a massage therapist and I do private and group training. And then I do my podcast and writing out of here as well. And so we have a kind of a lot, a lot going on here. We do some fundraisers and charity. We have yoga by donation. I have people that rent the studio sometimes to teach their own like Tai Chi class or something like that. So um, it's just a, it's just a really special homey place. That's not intimidating and you can just feel like you're, you're safe. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that it's good that you're providing this homey kind of environment because for a lot of people, they really struggle to find their place in the health and fitness industry. So the more that we can do to really make sure that people feel comfortable, the better. Um, so you have some classes, you have some personal training kind of going on from the sounds of it. Um, how many clients do you have right now? I have a hundred and 72 
<laughs> clients um, that are, and that's a mix of private and classes. So most of those are in the classes because there's obviously I can't personally train 172 people a week, you know. Um, but yeah, most of those are in Aaron classes. And um, so, yeah. Okay, with 172, you know, clients that you're taking care of, most of those being in, in classes, what does the schedule look like? Like how many classes are you teaching a week? And, and what does that kind of look like? Well, uh, we have classes Monday through, well, Monday through Sunday. Um, and they, I have a mix and match idea of classes. This is my sort of my signature um, blend of being able to, like I'll put weights for 20 minutes and then Pilates for 20 minutes and then maybe 40 minutes of yoga and 20 minutes of cardio. And so you can come to any part of it that you want. So like if you just want to come for 20 minutes of weights, in and out, done. If you want to stay for the whole thing, get a two hour workout, great, you know. Um, so there's one of those every single morning and one of those every single night, except for Saturday and, and Sunday night. I, you know, those are just in the morning. And that's enough with the, with that mix and match to because I can fit about 20 to 25 people in my in my room here. So it's enough to accommodate everybody and give them all everything they need. Yeah, and no, for sure. Also to encourage them, you don't think all or nothing. Like if you don't, if you're, oh, I'm late, I can't go to class anymore. Yes, you can. You can come in whenever you want. You know, you can come in for 20 minutes. You can, anything's better than nothing. You know, don't don't let those excuses take over. You know, so. Yeah, I like how you do. You kind of came up with that mix and match there. Um, and so how does a membership work? If I was interested in group classes, how would I, you know, what kind of membership options do I have? So it's just a pass, a 10, you know, five class pass, 10 class pass, 20. And then we do have an unlimited option. They range, the classes themselves range from 15 per class to 12 per class, you know, the bigger package you buy. And it's actually per visit. So if you come for 20 minutes, it's still going to be $12. But if you stay for two hours, it's still $12. Like, I don't want money to get in the way of people, you know, so I haven't changed my rates since I got here, just because I, you know, I don't, I don't, it's not what it's about. Now, the private training is really sort of the meat of it, you know, because um, that's, you buy five, 10 or 20 of those, and that ranges between uh, 70 to 90 an hour. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then I do most of the training and that's how I keep, you know, profitable because I, I have just two trainers who work for me and a massage therapist, and then I have an assistant. So I really don't have a lot of overhead at all. Okay. That's good. Um, so, you know, your personal training is really paying the bills here. Um, for the group training side of things, like, is it, is it like, do people have the option to auto bill at all, or is it just kind of like as they go, like you said. They, they now do with my new online training business. We now mesh everything into one new website where you can auto bill. Um, you can also just sign up yourself online. You know, like if you just want to have that autonomy. In the past, this, so that website just launched a month ago. But in the past, my clients just left me their credit cards and just let me keep track. And and I would just text them and be like, hey, your package is up. Can I run your card? So it was a real nice kind of homey, trustworthy kind of thing because it's small enough here. Um, but now with the online business, we need another option. So 
Yeah, definitely. And the reason, like personally, the reason why I do like auto bill, it's like one for the business, it's guaranteed monthly revenue. So we can add that to, you know, what we're making every month and project. The second thing, like for our clients, it's good because um, if they're paying for it, they're going to use it. They're going to come in, they're going to see success. And I like to make sure that like, I'm doing everything I can to hold out my clients accountable. So I think that sometimes the hardest part is just showing up. So um, if we can take away that, you know, factor of, oh, am I going to go this month? I don't know. I don't feel like it. It yeah. is nice. Like when we kind of look at the the accountability side of things. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. With, with your clients now, you know, being that you have about 170, 75 ish in that range, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that a place where you feel pretty comfortable, Mary, or are you guys in a position where you would like to take on more members? I really don't want any more on-site members um, unless they come to me naturally. Mm-hmm. We have a real special vibe here. Um, we're right. real crazy. We're loose. We have so much fun. We've been together for 18 years, a lot of us. And so you have to kind of fit, you know, if that makes sense. So I allow it to evolve naturally with the on-site um, because if someone told somebody, oh, you, you, this would be fun. You'd like this, this place. It's really bizarre. It's really, we get really wacky. And, um, but so for that, I just let that, there's no marketing at all, just letting that evolve. But with the online business, that's generic. That's where I'd like, to, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to know everyone that's, that's signing up for that. So that's going to be something I want to grow. Okay. Okay. So, um, kind of like that, that's the hardest part for many people in this industry is just the idea of, um, you know, how do we get new clients? How do we get people through the door? In your instance, since you're new to this online space, it's like, how do I get people interested in my online services? So kind of walk me through some of the things that you've done as a business owner to really aid that growth process and get in front of more people who might be interested in investing in online training. Well, I have a marketing uh, person. I have two brothers that both record me, edit the videos, and then market it on social media. A lot of email blasts, a lot of calls to action, like get, you know, click here to get this, to get a month free, to you know, something to get them, you know, to sign up with their email. A um, lot, lot of social media with an online business. I mean, you just have to, you know. So, um, and uh, I just pay a contract fee to these people. So I have it all built into the budget and they do it all. All I do is the content. And, um, and like I said, it just started a month ago and, you know, it, my husband died four, four months ago, okay, after 31 years of marriage. And so, you know, this has been kind of like trying to get it off the ground. It, I'm just, it's going to take a while because I'm still in grieving mode, you know, um, but I'm hoping to, you know, give it a couple of years. I do want to say that in my years in business since college, I have found for me that word of mouth worked better than anything. Um I spent so much money on advertising and newspapers back in the day and, you know, billboards and flyers all over the place and, you know, different commercials on TV and stuff like that. And I would say 98% of my, my clients came from word of mouth. And so when I opened this business, I stopped 
advertising. I just let it go word of mouth and it became less expensive so I could make more money and I, and I got just as many people. Yeah. And word of mouth works really good um, to a certain extent, especially with the in-person space, because it's like, if our, if we have a really good service, our clients are going to talk, they're going to tell their friends, and then we're going to get new clients from our friends. They already come in, they already trust us. We don't have to really sell them or anything. It's it's right. a, simple, a simple process. And we, we like that. When we look at scalability, it's harder to predict. We can't predict our growth through word of mouth because we don't know the rate at which people are going to talk about us. We'll have one month where it seems like we get five new inquiries from word of mouth and then a couple dry months. Um, and then when we look at the online space, word of mouth doesn't really work the same in the online space. If we're looking uh, at getting big um (laughs) there that you know social media is a big part of that for you so what kind of things are you sharing on social media to draw in the clientele that you're looking for for the digital side well again it's it's brand new but he's starting to do google ads um he's definitely posting little clips of my of my videos online Uh little vignettes like you know this is for the triceps or whatever kind of thing um so we are spending money on on advertising that way um a lot of content like this is i mean he's teaching me all this i'm i'm almost 60 years old so you know it's different for me and um he the marketing guy is like any content you can come up with like if i'm you know, doing something or like when I'm filming my videos and something funny happens, he'll put something funny on Instagram and that draws a lot of likes. And then it kind of is an algorithm and it's exponential that way. So I'm getting used to trying to create content for them to work with, to show the more like human side of me, goofy side of me. So that that sort of sets it apart from just your everyday you know online business it's like no this is it's actually fun you know it's it's entertaining yeah no we we definitely want to make sure that our content is engaging and entertaining because that's what's going to draw people in um okay so what kind of service is the online platform like is it a library of of programs is it one-on-one like you meet with them like what kind of service is it it's um so the signature mix and match style that i told you about is what my online training is. It's called Flexit. It's an acronym for Fitness Loft Extras in Training. And it's the tagline is if you can't make it, Flexit. Um, so again, I have a lot of clients that are, um, uh, first of all, my market is older. I'm almost 60, but most of my clients are older than me. You know, So they're very well established. They're really um, high up in their careers, that whole thing. They may travel a lot. They've got, you know, so... Um, so that, uh, is why it needs to be like, if you can't make it flex it, cause they're all over the world. <laughs> and so, but the mix and match style is every month they get, um, between 15 to 25 minutes of four different workouts, um, Pilates, yoga, weights, and cardio. And the cardio is something I developed called cardio flow. Um, we have no impact here. Again, we're an older market, so there's no impact. So it's some very, very large movements with light handheld weights and using your big muscle groups to get the heart rate up, put to music. And, um, and so those four workouts that are between 15 to 25 minutes each, again, encouraging people 
if you just want to, if you just want to do weights, just hit the weights. Or if you want a longer workout, mix them in, you know, do, do the weights and then the cardio. And then our producer also takes all of the categories. And again, this is just starting. So we got to, you know, we got to get a lot more content, but I have a category of triceps, biceps, legs, back, you know, something, you know, butt. So that if you just want to, let's say you just want to click on, I really want to work my triceps a little more. You can click on a little 30 second clip of a tricep move, you know, so it, it makes it, um, and every month it's new. So that's what you get if you sign up is every month you're going to get a whole, a whole um, new set of mix and match. And then you can start mix and matching all mixing and matching all over the place. And it, and it gets kind of exciting and it's not daunting. You know, it, if you got 10, 15 minutes, click on one of those and just do it. You know, don't, don't think you got to put aside a couple hours. So. Okay. That, that mean that is very flexible and really anybody can use that and, and take away from that. Um, I like to ask here, you know, what would you consider to be the biggest business related challenge when it comes to growing the online, the digital side of things right now? Like what's the biggest bump in the road for you? Just getting uh, people to know who I am. I've always been just kind of small and let people come to me. And this is a little scary for me because I've never been on social media with any of my businesses. I don't have a Facebook account of my uh, personal account or Instagram. I've just never been that kind of person. And they said, if you're going to do this, you got to go on social media. So I'm sort of putting myself out there in a way that is a little bit daunting and challenging for me. And, you know, I know I'm going to get some pushback in ways that I don't necessarily want. Um, but definitely, um, I, I need people to um, just start to know who I am, you know, and start to, if, if I'm, if I'm your kind of trainer, you know, then um, that's the only way for, for them to know me, you know, and so, but yeah, I've never been on social media before. People think I'm a dinosaur, but it, and it's not anything to do with rebellion against it. I just never had to. I just always have just had people come to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. And, and, and I think that, that that's completely, um, that's completely okay that you haven't, but I think it's great that you understand the importance there of having that presence now in the world that we're living in where things are very digital. Um, it's good that you have the mindset that it is something that you need to grow in. Um, and I'm glad that you have some help from your marketing guys do you have clients online yet? I know you just said you started it like a month ago. Have you gotten anybody on that platform yet? Yeah, um, five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just because yeah. we haven't really, we we haven't really like the August launched August 8th. It was supposed to launch August 1st. You know how technology is. And so there's really not a whole lot there. So we're not going crazy with marketing it until I get at least two or three months of workouts on so you don't look at it and see these little like four little workouts like really you know (laughs) want to be able to grow it a little bit like five you know but my goal is like i'd like to have like 500 that would be good you know someday passive passive income because again i'm i'm 60 years old i'm uh, next year i'll be 60 and you know you can only teach and train so much you know you start to get tired and you know things hurt and i'd like to be able to pull back a little bit from the one-to-one and have a more passive income coming in. Um, And then as I slowly retire, you still have my workouts and they're all in place when I was younger. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, if you were to have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business in person and on, on and online um, were to come to fruition, you've reached them all, kind of what would that picture look like for you? Oh, um, I would teach and train in person very selectively, you know, lot like live, you know, um, I call it on site versus online mm -hmm. and I would do it very selectively. I would, I hope to always teach and train. I hope to never retire, but I wouldn't do it this much. So I'd like to have enough of that passive income to make up for me pulling back from the on site stuff because I have other things I want to do. I want to keep writing and I want to do my podcast and I have a couple other side businesses. And I also want to have some balance to my life now that, you know, I have a little bit of space from the, the people that were sick. I just want to live, you know, so, so it would, it would be more passive income than me needing to be here all the time. That would be my dream. Yeah. And so what, what do you feel like it's really important for you to focus on right now to make that something that's a reality here sooner rather than later? Uh, just uh, continue to really, really make it good, make it high quality. I mean, I'm spending a lot of money on these producers and these it's, it's high quality cameras, high quality audio. I've got a big screen TV right on my wall here. We've got a, a loop going of that shows me exercising and, and, you know, and we have a QR code coming where they can just hold their phone up and, you know, and then they're signed up. They don't have to do the whole, you know, thing. Um, just, I just have to keep being excited about it and, t and let people know I'm serious because again, I started this like 13 years ago and then my life got kind of tragic for quite a while and, and it kind of fizzled. But right. at the time it was, I, I was just doing it myself, but this time I'm trying to tell people like pass the word. This is important to me. This is serious. This is professional. This is good. This is worth it, you know? And so I just have to keep excited about it and, and keep, keep spreading that word. Definitely. Um, if you had to share like a word of advice with somebody who was fairly new, maybe they just opened up their own gym today, kind of what would you have to share with them? Oh, good luck. <laughs> it is a hard business, I think. Um, if you're doing a franchise, like it sounds like you are, is that is CrossFit a um We are not a franchise now. We're, we're, own, we're our own entity. CrossFit is just the modality that we teach. So the style of workout. Um, oh, so we don't pay. get like marketing or anything from CrossFit? Nope. Nope. Okay. We do it all ourselves. Yeah. So, well, so if you are a franchise, which you are not, it's a little bit easier, you know, but when you're just starting on your own, it is so hard. You know, it's uh, um, early mornings, late nights, um, probably one of my biggest words of advice would be to, it's a lot easier to add than it is to take away. So it's better to start with three classes a week. And add than it is to do 30 and not be able to staff them and get burnt out and have to cancel. And that's when people start to get, you know, worried. So, yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing, bringing that one up there. Yeah. Uh, 
there's a lot of, you know, little things when it comes to running a business. And even if you do have a franchise of your own, like that comes with its own difficulties as well. It is a challenging industry to be in. You have to be on your toes. You have to be able to evolve with things. You know, none of us expected the past few years would happen the way that they did, right? That was um, crazy, yeah. Wow. But we evolved and here we are. And now you have an online you know, platform that maybe you wouldn't have had if, you know, this didn't happen. So um, nonetheless, it's, it's definitely a crazy, uh, crazy world to be in. What's the website? Where can our listeners go to see more about what you have to offer at Fitness Loft? It's a Fitness Loft, all one word, dot biz, B-I-Z. And you go there, and you got it, you got it all. You can go to Flex It. You can go to the All Brick Authors because I wrote a book with my niece. You can go to our podcast or you can go to the on-site stuff with the schedules. It's all in place. Fitnessloft.biz. <laughs> B-I-Z. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us and, and for being here today, Mary. Um, listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Bernie from Body and Poor Pilates in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. What's up, Bernie? How are you today? I'm good. How about you? I am doing well. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Oh, my pleasure. Awesome. All right. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? Uh, what is it that made you want to own your own Pilates studio? How, how did that come about? Well, I started off as a personal trainer in a, in a gym. And I, uh, in my past, was a college athlete. I played college football. And always trained and, and really was more of a meathead uh, where I, I like to work with weights and like the strength aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became a personal trainer and soon found out that it was going to be hard to make my living just as a personal trainer. And so I branched out and became a massage therapist. Um, tried to put that in with the personal training. Still saw it was going to be pretty tough to, to really make the ends meet. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I came across Pilates. And the first time I tried Pilates, I didn't have the flexibility. So I, I didn't really 
enjoy it the way I should have. I walked away thinking I would never teach it. And somehow I got reintroduced and I saw the, the work being done on the equipment and biomechanically, it made a lot more sense to me. And it gave me more of a, uh, an idea of what I could sell and make into a future for myself. And uh, I jumped right into it and it made a big difference working with the equipment. That was back in 2001. So it was just really kind of taken off. Um, retaking off. It's been around since the 1920s, so uh, most people don't know that. Uh, but it, it really kind of made a difference in uh, the selling aspect. Okay. You know, as a yeah, as a personal trainer, um, I would sell probably 20 to 25 percent of the people I worked with the first time. In Pilates, it was around 90 percent. So right away, it was a huge difference in how many people wanted to do it and would carry on. And also in a gym, a lot of times with personal training, um, you would do 10 sessions with them and then they would want to work by themselves on the equipment because they had access to it. With Pilates, they didn't have access to it. So the re-sign was much higher also. So people would re-sign for more packages with us and keep with it. So that rate was up around 80 to 90% also. So it was just a, a business that kind of built on upon itself. Okay. And what does your business model look like currently? How do you structure things? Are you doing group sessions? Are you doing semi-privates? Do you do private sessions? Kind of walk us through the layout there and how that works. Well, originally I started with only teaching private sessions because I thought that was the model to really go with. Mm -hmm. um, that was back early in the, you know, like I said, the 2000s. About 2007, I kind of realized that model wasn't going to work with the economy. So I introduced having small classes. So we have classes of five people, no more. And uh, we even have a class that we call our circuit class that only has four people in it. And it's a little bit more quality over quantity. Um, I have a 3,000 square foot studio that's broken up into four rooms. Uh, we're primary, our primary business is one-on-one -on -one with a uh, session. So it's one-on-one -on -one Pilates. But we do have small group classes that we offer. We offer probably a total of five to seven classes a day. Um, some in the morning, a couple in the afternoon, or like noonish area. And then uh, uh, one or two in the evening. And okay. uh, we do that five days a week. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we offer morning classes. Got it. Okay. And how many members are you currently serving? You know, this is our off season. Right now, I just counted up. Uh, we have about 42 people going through taking classes. I would say we have about 25 uh, private clients that are still around during the summer. Mm -hmm. um, might be a little bit more than that. Um, during season, I would say we carry about 50 to 60 private clients and probably about the same in uh, classes. Okay. All right. And are those numbers that you are satisfied with or are you looking to add you to know, that membership? Of course, every business person wants to add to the membership. I mean, you want to get your, your numbers up. Mm -hmm. um, the big thing with ours, you know, we've seen a lot of places come in and go out where they try to pump the numbers up with just amount of people. 
ours has really been built on quality. So the, the instruction is the most important. So we don't ever want to overload what we already have. So it's really depends on the staff and staffing is always an issue with small businesses like ours, you know, but our staffing, we're looking for somebody that wants to get a higher education and really kind of go from that aspect to build a clientele. You know, um, I, for instance, we took on an instructor that started in January and even through the summer, she's still carrying about 25 to 30 hours of clients. So we want to build from that quality. So the answer is yes, I would love to put more clients in, but I first have to have the staff before we overload. Okay. Yeah. I mean, multiple ways to grow a business, right? We can get more clients. We can provide more value to the clients we have and therefore in turn charge them more and we can keep clients longer, right? So doesn't necessarily all have to be on the front end. Along those lines, are you a higher ticket membership in comparison to other gyms in your area or other um i think we're you know i try to keep it in the high to average um so for we sell everything in packages we don't take people unless they come to us twice a week we have certain stipulations like that so they have to come to us for a minimum of twice a week some come three some come four just depends um a session of pilates with myself is um, in a package of 10 is about 105 a session. Okay. Um, so it's an average of somewhere in there. Uh, we're actually going through and we're probably going to be raising our prices in the fall mm-hmm. uh, on that aspect um, because we do have to bring in more money for that app, just for that avenue that we're already, like, I don't know where I'm going to put my people when they come back from fall. I've carried a full year of clients now, and I have a few seasonal people that are coming back in. So, of course, you got to lift your price up a little bit and mm-hmm. hand off to the associate instructors or, or instructors under you. Um, Retention-wise, we're pretty strong with retention. I have people that have been doing Pilates with me for 18 years. Um, I used to brag about it. Um, I had a, my first client, personal training client with me for all the way up till the pandemic. Now I haven't seen her since the pandemic. So there's two years that I've missed with her. Um, I'm hopefully she'll come back when she feels comfortable. Everybody has their different comfort levels with that. Mm-hmm. But that's the great thing about this business is like the retention is pretty high, mm-hmm. um, especially with what we're giving them in a service. I agree. The best thing you can do if you can't in- increase your numbers more, you have to increase your cost of mm-hmm. intake and then also the service that you're giving. You right. know, um, we're not just a Pilates in, uh, studio. We actually have at, adapted and put in red cord, which is like a, a form of physical therapy that we brought back into the fitness. It's mm-hmm. from Norway. Um, I'm an, an uh, educator for them for the last nine, 10 years. Um, and I go around teaching all over the United States for it to put it in places. And we utilize that to really give us a higher edge service and uh, that other people can't get. So we get a lot of post rehab people. Uh, We get a lot of athletes that want to train while using the fascial system and stuff like that. So uh, we are primarily a Pilates studio from the base or the core, but we do have some other things like red cord and Coraline, which is a gate tool that we utilize. We use the power plate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I have just started implementing in some Y-bells 
um, uh, to throw in some something like kettlebell, but it's a little bit more toned down, so it's not craziness. Mm -hmm. um, not that kettlebell doesn't have a good place. It, it is what it is, but right. we're, we're more structured around quality of service and keeping things in the, the capabilities of the people we work with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got a couple of different streams of revenue for the business as well, you know, and not all geared toward just the membership, but then also some things that may uh, be appealing to other people as well to provide multiple streams of revenue to the business. So that's big as well. Um, now, one thing that I always really love to ask about is if you could just kind of snap your fingers and solve one thing or improve rather one thing within the business today, what would that be? You know, I love what we do with our clients. And I love the, the, the uniqueness of keeping everything more family oriented. Mm -hmm. Like our clients become our friends and our friends become our clients, um, which is great, but it comes down to staff. I mean, I, I hate to keep coming back to the same thing as staff. Right now, there's so many cookie cutter places out there that the people get a little bit of training and they think they can just walk into anywhere and, and work. I wish we had more insight that people have to do education and continue to do education for their service. I mean, I've been doing this since 1999. I became a personal trainer. I do courses. I still take courses, even though I teach to instructors. I still take courses every, every year and to continue the education. So one, as an industry, I wish we had more people realizing, you know, you're making 40 to $50 an hour, you have to realize you have to continue your own education. Mm -hmm. uh, but two, that we have people come in and want to build a business. Even though we have all employees, we run our place with employees. Uh, we want them to kind of take it on their own ownership. The more they work, the more they're going to make with bonus mm -hmm. levels and everything like that. So I, I would say, you know, that's the toughest part is, is finding people that really want to get into it for the right reason and realize it's a service industry and, and put forth the service that will give you the higher pay. Mm -hmm. And then also build a, a following that will create a, a better security blanket for yourself as you do this. Because so right. many people, I don't even know what the facts are on jumping in personal training or Pilates. You know, I see about 20% survive out of the, the people that go through that make a career that's longer than five years. Mm -hmm. And and that's where we want to try to get that kind of education and knowledge too. So if I could change one thing, I would I would say I'd want more people coming to us wanting the education to build a career for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you think holds people back from doing that? Do you think it's the work? Do you think it's the cost of keeping up with the education? What do you think is the main factor there? I would say... I would say first is the cost, but they don't really realize. I mean, you comparison, like the big thing right now, they're talking about the cost of education in the world right now and, and how colleges are, you know, $20,000 a year for college. Mm -hmm. um, you can spend for personal trainer, I, I don't want to go into what they charge, but for, for learning to teach Pilates, a base education is about five to $6,000. Mm -hmm. You walk out of that job or out of that education with the opportunity to make anywhere from $25 to $50 an hour. 
-hmm. depending on how well you do and the places you go, that is a cost relationship in comparison to regular education is, is, is quite better or, or more likely to get people. The problem is people walk in and they don't realize it takes a lot of time. And um, because this is a vocational type of industry, it's not just learning how many reps or what the exercise is, it's how to utilize the exercise for the person. And that's where we really capitalize on. We match the exercise to the person, not the person to the exercise. So, so many people that are gonna be able to afford to work with you don't have the capabilities of doing a deep squat. So you've got to be able to work them in their way, not just try to force them into doing something like that. So um, they come in and they don't realize it takes time and experience to get to that level along with the education. Mm-hmm. Like our, our program for education takes a minimum of four months to go through just the workshops twice a month. And then there's 500 hours of internship that you have to do with it to get the experience and to get the understanding. And a lot of times we get the people that are in their 20s and 30s or 30s and up don't realize how hard it is to go back to school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's as easy as what it was when we were a kid and we didn't have any other stresses on our life like paying our bills and doing stuff. Right. So it's, it's a complete different animal. But if you can work your way through it, the reward is not only are you going to get paid well, but you're making changes in people's lives that will carry on for the rest of their lives. I mean, some of the best things I've done is gotten people where they could get down and play with their grandchildren and get back up by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of stuff that the changes you make in their lives that way outweigh the, the monetary value that you'll make as an instructor or as a, a business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, uh, I think a lot of people don't really necessarily always see the potential within the industry, right? And that doesn't, it, it comes with a lot of work, right? To be able to financially get to where you want to be. Um, but it's also, it's like, if it's something that you're truly passionate about, then putting in the time isn't necessarily an issue, right? And the reward that you get back from it, like you said, like, the things, the simple things like helping somebody get down on the floor to play with their grandchildren and seeing people's lives change. A lot of times that really tends to keep you going, right? It's just kind of getting started and and getting in there and and making it happen can definitely be challenging. And to be honest, a lot of gym owners aren't in positions where they're able to offer even full-time employment to trainers, you know, um, and especially not benefits or commissions or anything next level that would really incentivize people to stay. Right. And it's like always this balance between like, okay, I need help and I need people that are going to be here long-term, but I'm not even getting enough revenue coming in to be able to support that, you know? that's one of the biggest problems we came across. So we would have a school and we'd get six to 10 people going through the school, which was a great number. And we'd make money from the education part of it, mm-hmm. but the, that's short time money. It's really about the money for the, the clients of you carrying on your studio. So what we had to do is we had to revamp. We created a job for the front desk. In fact, you probably just saw the gal walk behind me. She's mm-hmm. one of our students 
they, they sign up for office hours. We pay them a minimum of like $15 an hour to work the front desk clock. And then they're kind of personal assistants of the instructors. They'll spend some time going and observing and stuff like that. It's funny because certain areas like Florida, I'm going through the process of uh, accrediting our school and you can't pay an intern. So that doesn't even account to our hours. So you can't, you have to go through an internship level for that. Mm -hmm. So we work through different things like that, but to do that, we also found it was hard, especially with the economy as bad as it is for people to take on something like this and not be assured a job. Mm -hmm. And that's where we kind of work with them and we go through, we've kind of worked, you know, you, you get the, the, the good and the bad of things, right? I, I would make it so if they work for me, I would pay for their education knowing that I would get it on the other side. Mm-hmm. But you get people that go and they all of a sudden they realize this is a real deal education. They're expected to do homework and they're expected to come in and practice and they're expected to work with clients and do all these things. And they're still going to get somewhere a pay in there somewhere of 15 to $20 to do so mm-hmm. down the road. And then once they get to that level where they're teaching, we just take a a little less money than when they get. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I've gotten burned doing that a couple of times where I put out all the education and then the person goes off and works somewhere else. And and it's tough. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that on yourself. Um, Again, you got to look at, yes, I I make a good wage and I've done very well going through being a, a studio owner. I opened my first studio in a gym where the owner of the gym saw how much money I was making and then he wanted to take it over and then I vamped out into a freestanding studio in 2003 and jumping into that not knowing you know rents and insurance and electricity and all the things I had to build up and then when the economy dropped out in 2009 eight, nine, I had to close down and reopen and deciding if I wanted to go work for somebody for, you know, $50 an hour at a country club where I could have easily got that money and mm-hmm. bail myself out of the debt I put myself in with a studio or taking my last 15000 in the equipment I had and opening a brand new studio and, and going that route and paying off the debt that way. Right. It, it, it takes a lot of guts and, and uh, you know, fortitude to decide where do you see yourself being and what you're doing mm-hmm. fortunately I went the second round and opened up my studio and then soon expanded to have a 3,000 square foot studio that can accommodate many different things right um, so it, it, it's it's a quagmire out there and, and the only way you really learn is by mistake I don't care what people tell you with teaching until you pay something that you realize that you just lost that money and you're not getting it back or you invest the time and you see the loss, those things will stick with you. And you just got to make sure they don't harden you too bad far that you don't give people second chances and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. You know, I think that's where you actually learn. Um, one of the best Pilates instructors I studied under was a guy named, um, uh, uh, Julian Littleford, and he passed away from, um, I think it was testicular cancer or, or some kind of cancer. Um, but one of the best things he said was, you will learn from actually making mistakes with your clients. He doesn't want you to hurt them, 
but when you make a mistake with a client and they, and they, they realize you make a mistake, you learn 10 times faster right. because you're not going to make that again with that person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's always a, that kind of thing. And that goes back to the education. I'm still learning. I try to surround myself with business people. I have a group of guys I go out that are much more successful than myself. That forces me to try to be as successful as them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of charity functions in the, in the community where I, I'm a Honda Classic ambassador. I've become a part of that Honda Classic event so that I can socialize with the business guys to understand what they go through and, and mistakes they made and, and the different things back and forth. Um, a couple of times I even tried to create a little organization for Pilates people. Um, I created what was called the Pilates Roundtable, and it ended up costing me money uh, to do, but I put it together with the theory that if we could all work together, the, the service supplies would be higher, thus more people would be doing it. There's so many clients out there that should be doing it that aren't getting it because we're not combining and working together. Um, so there's another thing, putting yourself out there and, and being willing and, and dropping your ego. It's not about always about competition, right. you know, it's about really communication and the more there's more people doing better Pilates or better workouts, the better it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, you won't have the injuries. You won't have people walking away. Well, I can't do that. Cause I, I just don't have the, the coordination, right. you know, kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as reaching more people, getting the word out there to more people to let them know that you're there, the services that you offer, um, aside from kind of networking, connections, community events, things of that nature, are you doing any type of paid advertising through social media to push it out there to a larger market? I'm old. I'm 53 years old. So I'm, I'm to the point where I can run an iPhone. I can run computers. I'm pretty tech savvy, but to keep up on my social media, I'm, I'm not the best at. Um, I've worked with people where I've paid people to come and do it. And it never could really factor in to understand if it was bringing income in mm-hmm. because you have to do so much of it and put money towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, we get, the robo calls and the calls for everybody saying, would you like more members to your gym? You know, of course, everybody wants more members, but it's about first the staff issue. Um, but coming back to it, advertising wise, I'm doing charity functions where I advertise a lot in them. Um, I just signed up for a table at a, a, a big hospital charity that okay. I go and, and I have advertisement that will be on their screens and in their programs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I find that's more my clientele. Uh, the general public, I can't compete. We just had a, a lifetime gym move in. I can't compete with their budget uh, for trying to match with them with all their advertising or trying to do that. So I try to keep it a little bit more mainstream, a little bit choosier. Um, we just switched over from Mind Body to another company called uh, Wellness Living for the, the internet for our mm-hmm. scheduling. Um, just keeping an eye on that. They're supposed to be doing more advertising with us through them. Mom, my body was great, but now it just, I can't spend $500 a month on a software to do my scheduling and supposedly bring us in a few clients Mm -hmm. and then they charge on top of that. So it's, it's finding those little niches and things I've done Yelp. Um, 
I spent a ton of money on Yelp. I didn't feel like it was a, a, a good comeback with it. Um, I do a lot of uh, research on myself with audiobooks, listening to different marketers on different things. I kind of go through that. We just redesigned our website for that, making sure we're at the top of the Google for our area. Um, we're really kind of a niche business in an area where people won't travel more than five miles, the radius, five to mm -hmm. seven miles. So I used to do postcards and send postcards to the places, the neighborhoods that could afford me and really did a spot thing like that. But that was just stuff that I kind of discovered myself. Um, I paid at one time a marketing company to come in and rebrand us. It cost me $23,000 and it was not to where I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't rectify or, or quantify the, the, the cost of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm lucky I don't have a family, so this is kind of my baby. So I do throw money at the marketing and you just got to decide what works and what doesn't and then find your niche in between. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely important to make sure that you're getting a return on ad spend, right? Otherwise it really doesn't make sense. The nice thing about going the route of like Facebook advertising, for example, Facebook is still the best converting platform to this day. Um, is that it's trackable, right? It's like, you can see how many people you're reaching, how many people are clicking, how many people are scheduling, and then you can track the return on investment there, which is super helpful when you're looking to have consistent, reliable growth within the business, you know? So that's why that tends to, tends to work really well. And you can target really well too. You know, it's like, if you only want it to be in a five mile radius, you can, um, and as far as like the other gyms in the area, like an LA fitness, for example, your market is completely different from their market, right? The person yeah. that you're looking yeah. to bring in is not the same person that's going to be going to an LA fitness, right? And it's actually good that those bigger box facilities is what I typically refer to them as are in the area because that means the market is there. Right. There's enough yeah. people in the area for it to make sense for them to be there. So I always look at that as a good thing. And the level of service that you provide in comparison to the level of service that they provide, that's a night and day difference. Right. Yeah. And it's a different person that you're speaking to within your advertising than the type of person that they're speaking to within theirs. You know, so plenty of people to go around and, and still lots of opportunity there, you know, especially if, like I said, there, there is a larger facility like that in the area, they do their research, right? And if it makes sense for them to be there, then the market is there. So that's good. Yeah. I always, I always never really compared myself to them. I'm more the higher, like the lifetime that just came in. I mean, that's mm. like 250 month membership. It's mm -hmm. the largest facility they built. I still don't even compare them because they're not going to be able to give the service that we offer in our place. Right. And I, 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 I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. I think finding somebody in Facebook, I did pay some, some, some people to do funnel ads, you know, how they mm -hmm. do the funnel funneling with the marketing through Facebook. Yep. Um, and we did get some numbers. We just couldn't really get them to, to commit and come through that Avenue. Mm -hmm. And is Instagram better than Facebook now because, that, or is Facebook better? I don't know the in, in between. I think finding somebody that can give us more information on that would be great. So if you guys ever come across somebody like that and you want to send them to us, I would love it. 
you know, mm -hmm. because I think every avenue doesn't hurt to listen and, and talk. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, even like you guys finding finding me, um, most times with a robocar, you can tell in two seconds it's about selling something and you, you just don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. I like this type of stuff where it's organic. Nobody's really you know, making, losing or anything like that. It's just getting together and talking kind of like what you, you guys promote. Right. And I think that's always the best. So yeah, if there's people that have better ways of doing Facebook or that type of marketing, I would definitely be interested in learning more about and, and connecting with those people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's the thing is being open to those connections, you know, like you said before, you, talk to people who are even more successful than you, right? And you learn from them. And that's so important because it ends up saving you so much time and so much money in the long run. If you can talk to somebody who's been there before, got it figured out and can give you the fast track to get there. You know, there are so many gym owners, especially even that I talk to on a daily basis that kind of are, are stuck in in their own ways and trying things their own ways and it really holds them back a lot of the time you know because it's like they end up spending time spending money time's the only resource we can't get back right we can make more money but we can't make more time so it's like if you can save time save money then why it's kind of that? an ego thing too right because yeah. you come up with your niche Right. And, and you got to be able to turn it. I'm doing the same thing right now. We had one, again, not to go back to lifetime, but they're offering their class packages done in monthly, you know, so they get a four pack, an eight pack or a 12 pack for a month. We sell them in packages. So people have three months to use them over the three months. Their idea is to bring the money in quick and continue. Mm -hmm. Now we're probably going to offer something at a 12 pack or a, an eight pack for our clients that will keep it at the, the prices that we're not going to raise to. So we're planning on raising our prices in the fall. I'm going to leave our old prices in the eight pack and 10 pack that they have to utilize every month, but they can have, choose that or mm -hmm. that. I was a very much a person that tried to get away from memberships because of the animosity between the client and the, the facility. But I'm trying to, I'm going to try it because you got to put your ego aside and say, you know, you don't always know the right way, you right. know? So I'll do both and see which one works and then try to, to figure it out, you know, right. the best way. Yeah. And, and I don't lose that much because it will be just a few dollars less mm -hmm. per, per session than our package. So we still give them the option. Options are good. Too many options are no good, but enough options is just right. Right. So I think, you know, that's the whole thing is dropping the ego, understanding that we can learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter if it's in your business or, or anything. I don't ever try to think of myself above anybody. I always think, you know, even when going to a workshop, you know, even the worst workshop, you can always pull some one thing out of that that might change a huge difference in your business. Right. You know, and and that's where you've got to go in with that attitude and and right. just look for that couple nuggets here and there to, to make sure that you can do and there's not enough information like i think the service that you guys are offering right now so studio owners or, or gym owners can get together and, and put your minds together and 
and see different avenues and, and talk about it without having it confrontal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the big thing is people become very confronting. Yes. Oh, I got to do it this way. This is not going to work for me. You know, right. it's better just to hear it. Even like the Facebook thing, like with mm-hmm. you talking to us, you know, we're going to take them and try to look for different avenues. And I think that's, right. that's important. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really hard a lot of times to kind of keep in mind, especially when we talk about the people that we're looking to attract into the business, it's really hard to separate yourself from your customer, you know, and really not decide for them on specific things, right? It's like, well, my customers won't like a 12 month membership. And it's like, well, how do you know? Right? It's like, you don't know it until you try it. And we all know within fitness that fitness isn't something that you can just commit to for three months and then you're good to go, right? It's something that you have to do for your for life. Your life. Absolutely, so like, for the rest of your life. And right. things are going to change. Things are going to change. What might not be good in the beginning might be good later. So you've got to be mobile, you know, right. and in and, and that fashion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Willing to adapt. And that's something that so many gym owners have really learned that lesson over the last two years or so, right? We had to adapt and make changes that maybe we didn't necessarily want to make, but we didn't really have a choice. So. Oh, it's like virtual. Everybody wanted to go virtual. And now the client still wants to go virtual, but you're not paying for your space with the virtual. You have to get them back into your facility. Right. You know, we did that through the pandemic and then we cut it off, you know, and I see a lot of studios still doing it and they're trickling in some cash, but the client that would have been coming in really paying the the difference of what you had to offer for virtual, mm-hmm. you know, and then the substance of really being able to work with that body one-on-one right. and making the little changes with your hands. That's what's so great about Pilates is it, it really allows us to tactile cue and adjust and, and re, rework the postures of the people hands-on and and why it really kind of pulled me away from being a meathead and just training with weights you know um it, it really made us different you know in in that aspect and different is is usually good in business yeah. you know right. having that difference is is a big deal mm-hmm. yeah absolutely how do you separate yourself from everybody else right Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners, speaking of social media, where can the listeners find you on social media? All right. On social media, we're under Body and Core Pilates. Um, That's our our Facebook page. Hopefully it will be getting better since I got people telling me to get make it better. Um, Our website is bodycorepilates.com. Um, that's the easiest way to find us on the web. Uh, we're located in the mid center of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. If you're ever traveling down into West Palm, Palm Beach area, you know, please stop by. We love people coming in and seeing our, our studio, especially business owners. So they can come in and see how we've opened up and, and how we utilize the rooms and stuff like that. So we're always open with that. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. We do everything kind of from there. Perfect. All right. Awesome. So Bernie from Body and Core Pilates in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. You bet. Thanks. 
Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.